welcome to our next episode of Driving to the Res with Larry and Dinelia. And Lucy. And Lucy this time. This episode is a little bit sad because we've had a very dramatic past week uh, with our dog Lucy. And we're driving to the Res, but we're driving from Tacoma via Kingston to get her treatment. So we been in the same clothes for two and a half days. We yeah. left for an afternoon to go get Lucy's bandages um, changed well, yeah. and a laser treatment. Yeah, but maybe let's start from the beginning because oh. not everybody knows about what happened. All right. So right now we're in the same clothes for two and a half days. And the rest of the story. The rest of the story. How did started, we get here? Started. <laughs> how did we get here? Yeah. How two did days we get later, to spend, the same clothes. Yeah. How did we get to the point where we haven't changed clothes for two and a half days? <laughs> so and it was your birthday. It was my birthday yesterday, March fourth, twenty twenty, and last Tuesday. So that's uh, over a week ago. Uh, we went into town and we left Lucy in her massive enclosure. We had a friend build us an enclosure that's eight foot tall so that Lucy would be contained. But she some heat and managed to find her way out of it. Got on the road and got run over. By two grandmas on the way to the doctors. And we had a friend, because we were away from, from home. Well, we had gone to Port Town. Yeah, Port Angeles. Angeles. That day was like an hour and a half. Yeah, an hour and a half away. So a friend that lives half an hour away went to see what he could do found her in a field, her paw was destroyed, and she couldn't move. She was obviously very, very seriously injured. Put her in the back of her his car, I don't know how he did it, with Superman strength. She weighs about 100 pounds. Well, 90 pounds. That's about 100 pounds. <laughs> That's about 100. And um, let us use his car. We went all the way to Port Angeles, to the hospital there. They gave us a really really bad prognosis for her. They didn't even know if she had internal injuries even. Well, they, they did x-rays. They did x-rays, but they can never tell yeah. from the organs, you know, if it's an organs damaged. Oh, yeah. um, so they said, well, we're not going to do anything until tomorrow anyway, because they offered to euthanize her or to get her amputated, her leg amputated. And we had all these, you know, Things. Yeah, they, they made the prognosis sound pretty bad. In order for her to survive, we're going to have to cut her leg off, including all over her leg, all over her elbow, all over her scapula, the whole side of her. And her hips are broken. And that's going to mean months of care. And you're probably not going to be prepared for the amount of care you're going to have to do. So you probably should just think about euthanizing her. Yep, plus 15000 bucks for it. Yeah, it's going to cost $15,000 minimum. So... We decided to have a little chat with her and she wasn't sure she had actually left in the car and we brought her back. Yeah, on our way to the vet, she did die halfway yeah, there. She did, halfway her there. eyes went grey and she left. Yeah. Like, Stop oh, breathing, my everything. God. We brought her back. She came back willingly and we decided to tell her we had a conversation and said, listen, Lucy, if you want to leave, we're going to leave you tonight at the vet take this opportunity to go if that's what you want and right. if you want to stay we'll see you tomorrow what do you want to do and she just felt to me like she said I just want you to be happy 
Yeah, because she wasn't attached to her body at all, apparently. No, animals are not attached to their bodies. Quite honestly, they just manifest again in a different body and very quickly, right? But we are we attached are, to her body. We are attached, very much attached to her. And um, so we let her make that decision. The next day she was still alive. And so the doctor went ahead. Well, during the night when yeah, we were driving home. Yeah, it was an interesting home, thing on the way home. Right? On the way home, I said, there's something really wrong. I don't think it's right that her entire leg has to be amputated when it's just the paw that's crushed. And I texted a friend and said, can you research what alternatives we have? And she wrote back with some links about prosthetics as being a good option. There was pros and cons. Uh, around it, but when I read the pros and cons, I felt that the, the pros were way higher because she's a very big dog, she's a giant breed, and having just one leg to hold 60% of her weight in front is going to eventually start damaging that healthy leg. And if she has a prosthetic, then she can balance her weight just like if she had a, a all of her leg. So we, th we thought, yeah. okay, we're going to talk to the vet tomorrow if she's still alive, and we're going to go the prosthetic way. Because the, the, the other part of the research was that it's not 1950 anymore, and they don't cut a person's leg completely off just because it's got a damaged paw. You know, technology has changed. It's, it's 2020. Yeah. And animal prosthetics are just beginning to catch up because uh, it's the right thing to do. Right. So, um, so in the morning we called the vet and told her we were going to try to save Lucy's leg and her and paw as much as we could. That we wanted to do a prosthetic route. And we weren't um, interested in having her whole leg chopped off. And the funny thing about that was, she all of a sudden was, oh, very good. I'm so happy to hear that. I have uh, researched some places that can rehabilitate her and where you get a prosthetic all the things that need to be get done and uh, absolutely we'll take care of that we'll uh, do our surgery this afternoon she's in good shape today and I'm very excited and it was it was like a shock to us because when we went to bed you know they were pretty down and dismal and they definitely didn't want to do a prosthetic thing they were they didn't even mention it cut the whole leg off period yeah it wasn't even mentioned and the next day she said she had actually gone home because she did something didn't feel right and she started researching and she had found the prosthetic information and she was going to try and talk us into it the next day. <laughs> she was going to talk us into it. She was so relieved herself. She said, oh, I'm so relieved. I was going to talk you guys into it. <laughs> yeah, we were relieved because I thought I had to, you know, educate a vet and, you know. And we're only just learning, so. Yeah, we're just learning. I mean, this obviously has never happened to us before. So that was good. That was a good sign. She did the amputated the paw saved her leg um, she also has a broken hip and pelvis and um, we took her home we were with the financial part we were kind of overwhelmed looking for what credit cards to put it on and Daniela my daughter she started a GoFundMe page for Lucy and the, res the response has been absolutely amazing and if you can just go to my website go to my facebook page if you have that link and we'll also link it here on the podcast 
please send anything you can because this this treatment is very very expensive for her and um, and we're training vets and for training vets because we've already changed the minds of three vets who thought that cutting the limb off was it the only solution the only solution and now they're seeing all sorts of different um, treatments and one vet in particular who doesn't need to be educated at all on the country <laughs> she's on the cutting edge of animal care um, and she's actually doing self stem cell treatment so Lucy on Lucy right now and um, but anyways um, she got her operation and her wounds started smelling really bad we were yeah. pretty worried about that they wanted us to come back on a few days like three days or four days yeah and have her paw scars have her uh, bandage changed was getting uh, an infection. Yeah, she, Lucy was getting crabbier and crabbier and more lethargic and more lethargic. It didn't seem like she was actually improving to me. I was actually getting a bit worried about her because yeah. she laid she laid still like a plank. Yeah, and she was getting hot and she just uh, wasn't looking picked good. picked her up. When I pick her up, she'd start crying. Take her outside. She'd just stand there. Couldn't get her to go to the bathroom unless she picked her up. It just was really much. It reminded me. It's okay. We'll just go to the safe way. It reminded me very much of uh, my first few days with a brand new newborn baby, the very first newborn baby, where you're up all night, up all day, every 15 minutes, checking on something, your ears are wide alert. It was just uh, quite exhausting, really. So uh, when we got her to the vet, we took off the uh, bandage and what was inside? A massive infection. A massive infection. Yeah. And the vet just wrapped it up again, sent us home. But then she had sent all the details to the person who was going to do all the rehabilitation and prosthetic treatment. Yeah, Dr. Finn. Dr. Finn in Kingston. And she called us right away, said, you have to bring her over. We're going to treat this infection with laser because something's really wrong here. Um, so we did. We took her right away. And... When we got there, it was so bad that she actually sent us on. After yeah, the treatment, she, she sent she, us on to um, Tacoma, to the hospital, because she said, this, this, this has to be reopened and cleaned out. This is really bad. Yeah, it can't stay like it is. It can't she stay cut like open this. the stitches. She did her treatment and did the best she could. Yeah. Booked us for immediate emergency surgery that night. Yeah. Drive to Tacoma. It's already like seven o'clock at night. That was two days and a half days ago. Two and a half days ago, so we drove straight to Tacoma. And we got to the hospital, and the hospital we're at has 38 vets. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> Talk about overwhelm. Yeah. Because each one of those 38 vets has a different idea of yeah, what's different. going on. Yeah, different opinions. <laughs> and the uh, waiting time in the vet was six and a half hours for emergencies. Although we didn't have to wait six and a half hours. We got Lucy right in. But... They treated her like she had just gotten run over by a car and we just brought her in for the first time. So it was going to the vet for the very first time again. all over again. Yeah. This infection added $6,000 to our, like, it was bill, another, the bills. It was $6,500 for the first vet and three days later, $6,000 more at the second vet. It's like all over again. Everything repeat, from scratch. Like a loop experience. Yeah. Both of us, at least I was, like... Are you kidding me? Yeah. 
And this doesn't even count the surgery to fix her foot for the prosthetic. Right. So there's another $6,000. Oh my gosh, how could this be happening? I was yes. getting pretty upset. It was pretty upsetting, yeah. We, and we hadn't been getting any sleep and we hadn't been eating correctly. And so, you know, it gets those dear, are open you know. doors. I, um, I sent out an email this morning um, asking for an observation on the situation because there's a lot of things behind it. You know, she got out and why did she have to get have such a big uh, enclosure in the first place? Because she's a guardian dog. Uh, they're aggressive and she's also a rescue dog. She came, we're her third owners. Her breeder got her back twice before us because she was having issues and we're thinking that the first owner must have done something really bad because she came back and she wasn't the same. Because we met her as a tiny puppy and she was delightful. She was the sweetest little thing. Yeah, we had to pick between her and Luna. Yeah. We picked Luna at the time, yeah. but we held Lucy quite a long time. We did, yeah, we did. We, it was a close call between the two of them. And um, so... It was, you know, she she was carrying energies that are not healthy. And she and growled at me when I picked her yeah, up. She, she growled was, at me and she didn't want nothing to do with me. And I put her in the back of the truck. Right. She was particularly with men. She was very, very hard. She finds it extremely distressing to be around men. So that's what we think something happened with her first owner's husband. So anyways, yeah. with me, she's always been a sweetheart. But she's quite aggressive and she's a guard dog, so if you come to the house, she's going to bark at you and she's going to be scary, yeah. right? And, sure. you know, as she was so in so much distress, she was, like, biting up uh, our friends and stuff. Not biting, she's, biting, but... Snapping, snapping, though. Snapping, because like, don't, you're, don't hurt don't me, don't hurt me, me don't hurts, touch me. Hurts. This is when they were trying to help us move her to go pee and things like that. So it was, like, again, very distressing... So I sent out an, uh, an observation email to one of my tools that I use is called observation with a zero instead of a, an O in the front because it's basically you move out of the way and you allow the universe to observe through your eyes or something. And I volunteered Lucy because this is a situation that, you know, she's an absolute lover to us. She's a super, super good dog to us because she obviously Larry and her now are best buddies. She would never growl at him unless you know there's a certain situation where she red zones with everybody and you can see that she's been traumatized so we try to avoid those situations with her but we also we're getting making a lot of movement forward through training um, and through behavioral therapy that basically teaches her like how to get out of that red zone on her own, right? So she doesn't just get there and get stuck. Right, and, and she's doing, she's, she's making been, progress. Quite yeah, a she's progress. making really good progress. I mean, we're we're making progress with her. And um, so now, you know, we're faced with this situation and we brought her into our lives. It's our choice. And as an animal, as a pet, her entire life depends on us, right? We are in charge of her everything that she needs. And we make all of the decisions for her. And um, obviously we love our dog too. So we're not going to just give up on her. And 
it's it's like a situation where it's really really tough on you emotionally and financially and everything. What we have found is that our friends have stepped up and they meet us at the house when we have to take her in and out of the truck. They help us take her out party, you know. And now we've been away from the shaman shack for two and a half days, and they've come in, looked after the hens, looked after our cats, and our other two dogs. And my daughter Daniela set up the GoFundMe, so lots and lots of people have been able to support us financially to get her treatment, to get her to walk again. And we've been completely supported by everyone who wants to support us. And it's been an amazing experience because we're not used to that. We're both long wolves and we both grew up in situations where we basically had to take care of ourselves growing up and everything and now we're in the situation where we don't have to do it alone we're not alone and it's really beautiful to feel and to see and Lucy was looking really bad you know I don't know I didn't know if she was gonna make it and I had a chat with her and I told her what the story was and yeah I was upset with her for getting out and for being aggressive and everything else and I was upset with Larry because you know he brought her in when I said no I don't think it's a good idea I don't think they're a good match for us this breed and um, so you know I just had to process my upset and then I said okay so I just have to accept the fact that I love her and she's my dog and she's gonna instead of being a working dog looking after chickens and, you know um, protecting everybody from coyotes and bears she's gonna be home inside with me and Writing books, writing books, you know, I'm going to have to get treatment because I'm allergic to her. She was going to be an outdoor dog, so it didn't matter. I'm going to get some sort of holistic treatment towards the allergies so that I can, she can be with me. And, you know, she's the way she is. I can control her, I can get her out of the red zone, I can stop her from being aggressive, but also make her feel safe. Because basically she's most of the time that she's aggressive is because she's afraid. So I make her feel safe and then she's fine. Most of the time all I have to do when she starts going red zone is I say, Lucy, I got it. You don't have to give, be afraid, I've got it. And she comes right down and she's all relaxed, you know? So one of those things. Um, there's one, a lot of the energies to look at. And, but yeah, we're driving to the rest with our Lucy in the back. Today with Dr. Finn, she did cleansed her, changed her oh, wait, bandages. Wait, wait. Can you finish the part about the observation with the hole? Oh yeah, the observation. Zero? So before and why you brought that about? Yeah, I brought the observation around because of those situations, right? We are all being faced at this time in time space on the planet with choices about the negative cycles that our friends, our relatives and our pets have been bred into or carry with them so strongly and we need to make decisions about what to do because we're no longer going to be working within those parameters right because yeah when you're faced with choices like these you feel helpless to choose you can't yeah. choose either or because both decisions are negative harsh. in some way yeah. or harsh or, or difficult unnatural to make. or or something they don't feel okay you don't feel okay I just kill my dog she's low frequency anyway 
don't want to do that. No. And the fact that she's low frequency is not her doing. She's an animal, right? She's a dog. It's because we bred these breeds to protect us from... For genetic programming. It's a genetic program, right? To protect us from wolves and whatevers. To make her own mind up and make her own yeah, decision also. They're very independent and they decide who's the enemy, you know? So, And that's because they usually work on their own. And also her own history, right? She became part of the victim aggressor cycle because this breed actually... Um, it's very intelligent. You only have to introduce a person once and they'll be friends with that person forever. If you tell the dog this person's cool, this breed will remember it and they, they won't go and they won't attack. They usually don't even care about people. It's just wolves and bears and other predators that they were concerned about. But with Lucy and her mom, there was a cycle of abuse the mom was also taken from a very, very bad situation by the breeder. She'd be kept in a tiny little cage since it was a puppy. And she man he man the, the breeders managed to get her out of that and they gave her a home and then they decided to breed puppies. But they had a beautiful <laughs> home. Like oh, everything yeah. was beautifully kept and they were loved, you know? These people they had a are, carpeted bed, they had their own yes. room. Their massive room with a carpet and a heater. <laughs> and you know? a mommy every day. Yeah. And another mommy every day. Yeah. You have two mommies, the mommy dog and the mommy mommy. Yeah, <laughs> the person mommy and the person daddy. And I never saw puppies well, more well taken care of in my I've never life. seen any dogs well taken care of like that before. They were loved. And the mommy, you know, she was... Very protective of her very puppies. Protective we'll of just her say puppies. that. Yeah. I would not be going in the puppy pen. No, I'm going to the puppy pen. But you could see that... She didn't uh, do anything to the, the owner. owners. And she was pretty vociferous. Yeah. But he just told her, hey, back off, settle down. Because she would. And gave her love and she, she'd just She didn't. Stop. Yeah, she'd stop. But it's mighty so, scary. Yeah, but this this breed is like, like that. But then Lucy also carried that victim aggressor stuff and she got imprinted on something very very bad when she was a puppy because the puppy we met at the breeders and then the puppy we met when she was what, so six months six old months. were different I mean she was traumatized. traumatized she was clearly traumatized and that's something that we brought into our lives we didn't have to and we could have avoided it and he I'm sure would have found another family he's actually said if you guys don't take her, I'm going to keep her because I don't actually trust anybody else with her that they're going to treat her right. So, you know, he would have kept her, but we took her and we knew that this was going on. Um, so, yeah, all of us have situations like this, not just with pets, but people and stuff. What do people, you do? sisters, right? brothers. As we make this decision relatives. to embody the new paradigm, we're no longer engaging in this type of dynamics right we're not and there was a situation with Lucy that she's a working dog she was bought so that she would originally her sister as well to look after the shaman shack so that no bears or cougars nope. or coyotes Missy, you remember Missy got beat up by a bear yeah our other dog Missy she beats up a bear but she's an, she's a senior dog, you know. So we thought we'll get another dog to help her. And um, 
yeah, coyotes and bears and everybody's been staying away because it's more like a deterrent. It's not like, like you know, go attack bears, gonna attack but, bears and stuff. It's but a the deterrent. claim the territory. Exactly. Everybody's got their territory boundary. Yeah. So now she's not going to be doing that. She's not a working dog anymore. She can't do it because she's got a missing paw and she's got a broken hip, which is will repair. It's repairing already. She certainly will be able to bark. She'll be barking, right? But <laughs> don't go chasing. She can't chase, right? So she's an in, she's going to be an indoor dog too, I'm pretty sure. And that observation was to look at that situation. To, to help look at bring the situation. It to yes, because observation, my tool of observation brings things into resolution. And it's like the collective, the higher self choice of resolution, not painted or in any way affected by our intents or, or our desires. Because we don't always know what's the best resolution, what's the best result for things. For everyone involved everyone. that we haven't even met, don't even everyone. know that showed up. Exactly. We have everyone. no idea what could be tomorrow, next week, next month. Who's going to be around interacting with Lucy? The entire timeline of her existence and our existence and our existence timelines put together. How will we pick? If we knew in the end some things, we might pick a certain way or another way. But right now, the only thing we can pick is what feels best to us, right? That's and right, this yeah. situation, you don't know what feels best. You just know what all the things feel bad. She's bad. Everything feels bad. <laughs> Everything yeah. feels bad. Can't pick that, can't pick that, can't pick that. So, so uh, we put out the, the observations for to help yeah. bring it to a resolution. And as soon as I wrote it, actually, we started observing, and then now many, many of you are observing the situation. And the first thing that happened was that Lucy stopped snapping at people. At the hospital, they actually took her muscle off, and they said she's an absolute sweetheart. She won't try to bite anybody at any time, and if she's in pain when they try to move her in things, she won't do it. She just she won't do it. Yeah, she didn't. And it was like, whoa, that is a big change. Already that's a big change. And then everything turned around. It's like her infected paws started getting better. Her other wounds started getting better. We took her to Dr. Finn for her stem cell and wound um, cleansing and putting on the stem cell patch. Yeah, well... And she was... I mean, she didn't even... Dr. Finn doesn't use sedatives to... No sedatives, no tranquilizers. Just a little bit of cheese and lots of cuddles and, you know? Cheese and and sort of a communication. Physical, not physical. The vet, the vet that we were at said that they need to do a bandage change in order to do that. She's not going to need to be sedated because it's going to be extremely painful and uh, she's not going to allow it. And when we went to Dr. Finn's, Dr. Finn brought her in and she laid on her couch or her bed and she opened up her wrapper and we're sitting there with her. We're all, all there at the same time and giving her cheese and, and petting her. She opens up her bandage and, and Lucy looks at it every now and then and says, Oh, that's nice. And it goes back to having a lick of cheese. And then... When it got a little bit painful. It got a little painful when she injected with a needle stem cells into her paw, the broken, the cut off end of her paw. She cried. She didn't do anything about it, but she just cried and said, Ow, ow, ow. And just laid her head down and was the perfect princess. She was 
she was. She was amazing. No sedation at all yeah, needed. It was amazing. It was incredible. And then, after all that was done, we took her outside and she stands up. She doesn't cry or anything. She stood up. She stood up, went potty. And put weight on her paw that's yeah. cut off. Yeah. No problem. It's like, no problem. Sniffed the bunny rabbit, took yeah. a leak. She the first time I've seen her pee since we got her home. Know. She just went for went by herself. <laughs> we were like, whoa. What? We got a video of that, by the way. Yeah. In case you want to see. Well, she didn't, we didn't get it when she was peeing, okay. but we got it after. <laughs> right after. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been quite a ride. Also, in the same time as that, because we had our um, GoFundMe that Daniela put together. And it raised a tremendous amount of money, which was enough money to get her surgery done and go get her prosthetic and put everything together. You know, we have obviously more money than that in driving and hotels and food and everything else. But basically, her medical bills were covered. And then all of a sudden, not. <laughs> not covered. Not covered because it was a, an emergency $7,000, $6,000 in Tacoma plus, you know, we had to spend $500 in rooms and foods and everything and gases. And now all of a sudden, it's like we go to McDonald's. Yeah, I really went to McDonald's and it was $50. <laughs> went to Denny's, it was $55 for just two of us to eat. We went to uh, Indian food, curry for a birthday, $50. Well, that's okay, that's not terrible, but you know, just a couple of curries. <laughs> like 20 or 30 bucks. We went to uh, Elmer's, which was um, um, sort of Pacific Northwest. Ingredients, mom and pop breakfast place. It was $50. After the observation, we went to Elmer's for breakfast, had the same breakfast, $25. I know that was weird. <laughs> we went to a fast food because we needed to go to the doctor's and had a burger and a chicken sandwich. $12. It wasn't $30. Everything went in half, and we went to the uh, vets to pick up Lucy. They gave us $1,100 back refund. That was, that was a shocker. That, that was a shock. And we went to Dr. Finn. She did a cutting edge stem cell transplant or whatever they call it. Did the bandage removal and replacement. And it's $700. So it's like everything financial shifted dramatically overnight also. Yeah, it shifted dramatically. She's a totally different dog today. And I uh, was going to put her cone back on, you know, the cone of shame. Yeah. And the doctor said, no, no, don't put that on. She said, she's not a, she's not that type of dog, she said. She's <laughs> going to leave everything alone because we told her to. So just, she doesn't need it. And I was, what? <laughs> okay. She said, well, you're in the car with her. So if, she, if you do see that she starts attacking her bandages, then stop over and put it on. But I don't think she needs it. But obviously tonight when you go to sleep, Put it on because you won't be able to control her if she does start biting at it but i was like what <laughs> so we listened yeah and we not put... very often do you leave the vet and they say oh no no don't no, put that on yeah she so listened good, good and girl. she's been so good she kind of did listen and she's not doing that so yeah we're she's a different dog also one of the other things that was actually causing a huge amount of stress for us was the when we left the vet in Tacoma, they said the bandage is going to be changed every 24 hours, 
and you're going to need sedation, and so you're going to have to go to the vets to do it, because you can't do this at home, and it's a special bandage, and it's ripping apart your flesh, all of these things, so, you know, it's going to take three weeks of that, too, every single day, you better be prepared for that, like, my gosh, so yeah. we were trying to find a house to rent by the vets, because we live two hours from the vet. So what are you going to do, drive four hours every day? It's actually three hours from our man, Dr. Finn. Yeah, so six hours a day driving to do a bandage change. So we're looking for RV parks to park our camper. And we're going to get a tent and live with Lucy in the tent and the camper RV because you can't go in the camper. It's just not big enough. Or find a place to rent for a month. But that part of Silverdale, Bainbridge Island is uh, like... <laughs> Top it's dollar. Like, it's like, oh, you know, $3,500 a month hotel rentals or $3,500 a month rentals for a, a house or a apartment tiny, or something. Tiny, tiny room. It's like New York City because it's right next to Seattle and it's the uh, islands right across the ferry. So if you have to work in Seattle and you want to not live in the city, then you go to Bainbridge Island. So it's super expensive. At any rate, you can see the amount of pressure that puts on it. You know, you keep a positive attitude and you keep high frequency thoughts and energies and all that stuff it gets hard sometimes when you're not sleeping when you're not eating right and you're on the road so I gotta admit I was feeling some of the pressure I was thinking oh let's see a week and a half I'm supposed to go fishing that's not gonna happen so everyone on the boat me and everyone sorry guys your uh, winter just got extended by a month we're not going to go catch anything. We're going to be living in a tent in Bainbridge Island. That's not going to be fun. What about the animals at the home? You can see. What do you do? What do you do with all these things? How do you resolve them? Just, my gosh. But right in line with the observation, bringing about resolution. In this case, the resolution came when we got to Dr. Finn's, and she said... We're going to do stem cell therapy, which means I'm going to wrap her up with the stem cells on her paw that I've injected and she had a patch of a stem cell. I think it's a, a puppy uterus coating. I have no coating. idea. I have no idea what the... Anyway, what is she said, once it's wrapped, it stays wrapped and you don't come back for five days and we'll put some more stem cells on in five days. So we, we don't like, even have to come back every day. She said this. the other vets are going to go... Nice. Ballistic when they find out we're not opening this for five days, but that's how it works. I was like, oh, that works for me. <laughs> that's perfect. Oh my God. It was like all the worries, all the strain, all the stresses, just let them resolve. So, observation. Exactly. So, right. Yeah, the resolution started happening really, really quickly. It happens that really these resolutions quickly. also are ones that you know we like. Mm-hmm. It isn't necessarily true that that's the way that observation brings about right, the resolution. Right. The resolution it could have the been highest. Lucy exited the night before. Yeah, it could have. Yeah, could have. And uh, her impact on our life down the line and our impact on her life and whoever was impacting or coming into our life would have been negatively impacted by her being alive and present. Right. That could have been the outcome. But in this case, all of our food is half price. The bills are still getting covered. And Lucy's still alive and 100% better and we don't have to change your bandage every day with massive sedation and the stem cells will grow her limb back um, 
so that we don't even have to go back in and get another surgery. Well, not the limb. It grows the skin. It grows the muscle and skin, not a limb. Yeah, but when we were in uh, Tacoma, they said they were going to open up her paw and clean it out and then leave it open and then change the bandage every day for three weeks. And after three weeks... Um, Operate again. We'd have to do another operation, another six, $7,000 at another specialist to have her paw closed up for her prosthetic. But now it turns out, those are none of those are needed. That what actually is going to happen is the stem cells will grow a new skin on the end of it. She's going to need any more surgeries. She's just going to heal up, have a stump, and get her prosthetic as is, no sweat. Yeah. And um, one of the things that, I mean, I've never had a dog that has had an accident before. Um, and this is her sister and her had accidents in that road now and it's like also I've never had to deal with a dog that's disabled or um, needs prosthetic or anything like that but it feels also that one of the messages that I've been working on not just with Lucy but with Dog, other dogs, with cats, with chickens, with pigs, is for them to, in their collective awareness, to move out of the victim aggressor cycle, right? To move out of it because, as we are human and we've been creating this victim aggressor experience for thousands of years now, our choice, but the so animals were also helping by becoming our victims. Right, so all these animal farms and things. And now it's like every time that I'm working with or talking to an animal, even when I'm having a burger, you know, it's like I talk to that animal and say, hey, you don't have to do this anymore. You can actually have really beautiful lives. Why don't you get reborn in a farm that's humane? And some of you, you know, are vegetarian and very conscientious about animal rights and you would never ever eat animal produce and I totally respect that I think that's totally cool but we're not vegetarians and we do feed our animals meat every day because they're carnivores and when we do that we source our food as well as we can to be humane and they're happy animals we have hens and we have a whole bunch of roosters. We talked about it previously too. Our roosters, and keep, people keep dropping them off because we won't eat them. So we have a rooster sanctuary, which we don't want to have. Don't bring us any more roosters, please. <laughs> we would not actually be great if you took some of them <laughs> if and anybody wants a rooster. homes. And right. you're a responsible rooster um, owner. owner. Uh, not you're looking for a chicken dinner. Exactly. <laughs> because not that there's anything wrong with eating a chicken, but, but there's something wrong with eating collective. my chicken. Yeah, but it's also part of the collective <laughs> with chickens that they kill all the boys, right? We didn't want to do that. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, anyways, here we are. We're going to do a stop and we... Do you, want to, do you want to continue later or? I was going to finish here while we were in the parking lot. Okay. Because we're about at the end of our story, aren't we? Yeah, we're about to finish our story. We have to stop at Safeway to get 
some meat. meat. <laughs> Incidentally, there's an interesting question for you. Is it low frequency for a tiger to eat a gazelle? <laughs> because Lucy will eat raw meat. Well, yeah, she That's will. That's the strongest thing that can make her the strongest for for her body. So we're gonna. Is that a victim aggressor thing if a tiger eats a gazelle? Those so we're going to go and buy a gazelle? No, we're not going to buy a gazelle. Lucy's not a tiger. <laughs> She's not a tiger. We're going to get a, some... It's a, it's, a, it's a legitimate question. Is it low frequency for a tiger to eat a gazelle? Are you asking me or are you asking Oh, yeah, you're, you're the one that I'm asking. Oh, I thought you were, I I, you, I thought you were I wanting feedback on people, that. Lots of people probably will have that question. Because... A, if they experienced and observe it, it would feel like traumatic for some people. And that would most definitely be something they would consider a low-frequency encounter. Right. A tiger going and jumping on a gazelle and bite him in the neck and killing him. Yeah. Or Brad chasing down a mouse in the house, playing with it, <laughs> and then eating it. Yeah, or so Brad not is our cat. It. Yeah, are these low-frequency engagements that those animals are and, and prey are involved in, or are they not low-frequency engagements? To me, a low-frequency engagement means that the person or the animal has chosen to be a victim through cruelty, okay. right? And the animal doing it, the person doing it, does it to either because they don't care about the suffering of others or because they enjoy it, right? That is a low-frequency engagement to it. When people and animals and whatever do things that are purposely to create suffering, suffering in, another. in another so you know the the lion grabs the gazelle they're not doing it to make it to bully that gazelle and to make it suffer they don't tie it up to a chair and torture it they don't rape it they're going to they have their dinner names for 20 years they don't give they don't them beat it up when it's a child right exactly they're oh. just eating it's just part of their yeah. biology and you know many many shamans will talk about this it's like an animal will the, then the, the herd will choose which animal gets to be eaten and the whole dynamic is the death of the weakest not the survival of the strongest it's like the average the below average and the strongest all live it's the actual weakest that goes okay we are human, so we have other choices. We have beyond the weakness and everything choices. And we can make different decisions for our animals and for everything, right? So when we got our hens, we decided they were our pets. Literally, they're our pets. They have names. Yeah, they're our And they pets. just happen to lay eggs, which is a side effect, right? Well, one of the main side effects also is they eat Bugs. Spiders and bugs. Yeah. And the so shaman shack was infested, infested with spiders and bugs. Infested with bugs and spiders. And now, there's nothing wrong with bugs and spiders. Don't get me wrong. They have a place to live. But we just don't like live, them. But we don't want to, you know, live in the same place with them biting us. Right, right. So they're welcome to be anywhere within a 100-foot radius. Mm -hmm. And the chickens, uh... Yep. They, <laughs> they take care of that 100-foot <laughs> radius. Do. <laughs> they do, yeah. Oh, my gosh, chickens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my answer. I know there's different answers out there. Yeah, probably. And, you know, let us know how you feel. Yeah, we I had a post today from Facebook saying, 
why are you let why are you making your dog suffer why don't you just put her out of her misery and it's like well she chose to stay with us she we had that her. we asked and she chose to survive that night she most dogs wouldn't and you know pain they don't suffer like we do it's like they have pain just like we do pain but they let message. go right yeah. the message that says don't move your hips don't step put weight on that pull that's the pain they go through she's not actually got a ton of painkillers so she's not in that much pain and emotionally she was in pain because she's very attached to us and every time we left she was upset yeah she did feel that abandonment like yes you did say that she was she felt like we were mad at her and that's why yes. we left her right because i think that might have happened before to her she thought we were mad at her and we left her and she gave up you know i mean she got worse overnight when she saw it the next day i said hey you know we're right here we told you we'd come back and we're going to be fine we'll be back later and then that night that day and that night she got better and the next day, you know, when she heard us, she, of course she was crying because she heard us and she's excited. She's a puppy. She's only a year and a half and she's on a giant bridge. They're still puppies. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, she's, she chose to stay and she has uh, every possibility. If you want to look at prosthetics for puppies, you can see tons and tons of happy puppies out there running around with their moms and dads and having yeah. happy lives, you know? Mm-hmm. And her behavior and her trauma, we're treating it. We have gone, she has gone so far with it. So, and she's going to continue improving on that side. And eventually we feel that she won't have any more trauma reactions at all. I totally know this, you know. I think Dr. Finn's got a good hand in it too. She does. I can't believe. If you can imagine, just for a second, Dr. Finn had her paw unbandaged and doing all of her manipulating on it. And Lucy actually went to sleep <laughs> while she was being manipulated. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, she has hands that heal. Hands that heal. Or manos que sanan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 She said, no, we're not going to drug her. We're just going to give her bits of cheese and talk to her. <laughs> and we're like, okay. okay. <laughs> this is the dog that, you know, a week ago was going to bite me and bite our friend because we were trying to pick up her stretcher yeah yeah and she is in a great deal of pain and now we're gonna do what the other vet said <laughs> she needs to be sedated and we're gonna do it with cheese she won't let you <laughs> and no muzzle no nothing <laughs> yeah. okay i'm game let's do it yeah. but that doctor has amazing amazing <laughs> she's reactions got skills. Too. she's got skills we were putting her in the car and she lucy got a little bit upset and went <laughs> And moved her head, and the doctor moved her her own head away, the perfectly instant. like a dance. <laughs> and head she goes wasn't. By other hand, yeah. head goes back, goes forward. It <laughs> exactly, like, it's like whoa, like notice. a dance. It's like, <laughs> whoa, this doctor's amazing, right? Yeah. Because she knows he's a dog, you know. She knows dogs, and I said, well, you know, she she doesn't really like to be. I, I, Lucy reacts really strangely, because I love to pet her and hug her. And, you know, sometimes they say, you know, dogs, they don't like that. My other dog loves it. He comes for hugs and kisses yeah, and Romeo lots of pets. Hu- Romeo. If you hug Romeo, he'll snuggle right into you. Yeah. With you her, Lucy, she's like, she's, she goes back, her cat goes back and she squishes her eyes and then she moves towards me like she wants it. But she's like, 
crunches her eyes together and puts her head <laughs> back a little bit me, and then she moves me, towards me. me. Yeah, hug me, don't hug me, hug me, don't hug me. <laughs> and then I start hugging her and she melts onto the floor you know, in total ecstasy. But it's like that. She's like that. She's just different. Yeah. <laughs> the vet said... Uh, oh, yeah, the working dogs... Working, this type of working dog you're not even supposed to You're pet. not even supposed to pet the working dogs, she said, because they're... They're working dogs. They've been bred to be working dogs and not to be pets. So if she's uncomfortable petting, don't pet her. Right? <laughs> like, okay. <Whoa. laughs> we probably won't listen to her about that too much. Well, Lucy's used to me hugging her and squishing her. You know, she lets me. Yeah, she, she actually likes it. She comes for it, but she squishes her eyes really tight when she comes towards me <laughs> for funny. a pet or a squeeze, you know. But she knows that. She likes it in a way. She's just going, that just shows you how much breeding programming can be overcome, even by a dog, you know. Her breed says, don't pet me, don't touch me, but she actually comes for pets and she just squishes her face a little bit. But (laughs) she comes for them. I mean, I don't go out towards her and do it. She puts her little head and, you know, little, her giant head against me, all squished up. Okay, I'm ready (laughs) for my squeeze. So... Yeah. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please go to the Fund Me page. Send us, um, send Lucy help for her treatment, and um, or send her treats and presents. <laughs> She'd like those or two send her toys. Reiki healings. Reiki healings would be or great. Or any light. type of your healing methodologies, methodologies that you know, send them to her. Just pick a photo of her, let several photos and videos of her. You can send them directly to her. She's open to receiving all those healings now that she knows where we're not mad at her. We're not abandoning her and she can recover. Yeah. So with that, I'd like to thank you in advance. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. And we'll see you again on our next episode. Bye.